Welcome to Sneaker Dads, I'm John Ratner. I want to thank everyone for the ongoing support, especially for listening to the last two episodes with Net Magnetism. This is year two, episode 13, and this week we have Dan from AnthemShop.ca. He has experience working at Reebok, Lids, and New Balance, as well as starting his own business, so we have a lot to talk about. Let's get into it. Dan, welcome. Thank you, John. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Yeah, we got the kids in bed, so we're ready to talk <laughs> sneakers and, of course, hats. Um, thanks for coming on. I have to ask you what I ask everyone when we start. What's in the sneaker rotation these days? We'll start there. What have you been wearing? Yeah, so you'll. I'll tell you more about my my style, I guess you could say. But uh, uh, right now, I'm in. I'm into three two sevens and five seven fours. So I'm, I'm a little bit of a New Balance guy. Um, you know, I, I mentioned I think in our kind of initial chat that uh, I spent a lot of time at, at Reebok, but I do uh, I do some work for for New Balance as well. And they're kind of in my my rotation at the moment. <laughs> nice, heavy heavy dad vibes there, right? Heavy mm-hmm. heavy dad. Vibes. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I wear a couple of New Balances these days. I got those. Um, I got those concepts pair. I told the story on another podcast of how they sent me early access because I bought the other one. I kind of like cool. I didn't want them. And it's like, you know, you get the early access. Oh, I got to pull the trigger. I was yeah. just actually <laughs> chatting with one of my group chats and I got the early access for these Kith hoodies, 10th anniversary hoodies. They're like 220 Canadian. And all these guys are like, I got to get them. I got to nice. get them. John, give me your early access. I'm like, no, guys, don't fall for the early access trick. But we all fall for the early access trick. And we'll probably talk about early access because that's uh, that's that's a part of that's a part but, of the, the hat business, right? That's um, part of what I do. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk about that, too. But uh, good to hear what's in the sneaker rotation. Now, this is what people really want to hear, um, at least in terms of what you're wearing. Um, fitted hats. Yeah. What, what are you wearing these days? You do you ever wear? Maybe I ask you. Do you ever wear snapbacks? Are you fitted only? And then what? What do you like to wear? What are some of your go tos? Yeah, like I got into fitteds um, pretty heavily when I joined um, Lids a few years back. I led marketing in Canada for for a few years, and uh, it was you know it's always kind of the the number one the one, number one cap on the wall, and. Uh, uh the you know my current rotation um uh I, well I have, I have to wear my own brand so <laughs> uh i wear my own anthem brand fitted um uh i i like the in particular i like um the uh the fear of god the all wool 100 wool fitted that's one of my favorites um and uh i recently launched i think you well actually you you copped uh our, our new our uh, the new york cap from our uh, uh hip-hop icons collection um but the uh the uh, the red Sox hat was one of my favorites so those are those, those are my top three kind of in the rotation right now as far as snapbacks uh i don't wear a lot of them right now uh, i used to when i was younger it was you know snapbacks were were bigger i you know call it like 10 10 15 years ago um but right now not in the rotation actually wore that hat uh as you mentioned the the um Mets one yeah. themed after um tribute to Nas, Nas wore that right. one the other day really like the St. Louis one um those were the two I grabbed 
um have lots of your hats maybe we'll talk about other ones but those yeah. are two from that from that pack and uh yeah i try to uh control myself but you're dropping a lot of heat so it's <laughs> it's very tough um i didn't know it's funny we were talking i had like you mentioned and we didn't even get to the lids part of your career so we'll have yeah. to get there for sure and obviously that that probably contributed to gave you experience and uh and um and uh, helped you get uh, start Anthem, but uh, yeah, let's start at sneakers because um, you do have a background in sneakers, right? When did you I do. first get into sneakers, and, and were were hats a, a part of it growing up? Yeah, I'm, I've always had like um, I've always had kind of an ongoing hat collection, I guess you could say. Um, uh, it was just it's always been kind of a cultural thing with me. I always had hats. Um, I, I haven't always had fitted hats, but I've always had hats. Uh, so that's been kind of a thing I've always just, I've always been collecting. Um, but my, my, my kind of venture into sneakers really started when, when I joined um, Reebok and this was back in 2011 or 2012. And uh, I'd actually joined the company at the time when they were, um, when they were kind of, what's the word? Um, bringing the adidas and the reebok brand together under the same company uh so i joined at a time when they were kind of amalgamating things and uh, the business was changing it was like it was very different and you might remember from the you know from from the 90s reebok had all kinds of licenses with you know the nba the nfl etc and when i joined the company they were transitioning into uh, transitioning more into lifestyle or focusing on lifestyle and, and fitness. Um, so when I joined the company, I was leading uh, kind of the, the fitness side of the business because it was a, it was a growth area for them specifically in like grassroots marketing and sports marketing. Um, so I, for many years, uh, for many years after that, I did, I did CrossFit and I kind of led that, uh, that, that, um that partnership here in canada when gyms in the in the country and you know managed events and my uh my kind of my my initial sneaker collection was really was really crossfit shoes it's probably not the most common uh sneaker collection to have but um oh my god i had hundreds of pairs of, of training shoes and lifting shoes that that were like seriously on the rotation every day right on were you into fitness as well or, or are you now i still am yeah probably not as uh not as intensely as i was back in the day i'm 40 42 now uh so i've slowed down slowed down a little bit but i still like to train i have a small garage gym so i do that uh three four days a week as much as i can uh in between in between uh, the shop and and work and you know two kids it's uh it's hard to find some time as you probably know yeah absolutely so like you said a lot of those shoes were sort of training type shoes did you mix any lifestyle basketball shoes in there oh yeah 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 so it was interesting like after the first uh after the first year being in the company i started to kind of evolve some of the some of the responsibilities i was doing and and just naturally, as our as our business started to grow, we started to get into more more collaborations with different uh, you know different artists and 
different influencers from around the globe. Uh, and my team was responsible for, you know, kind of launching those, those products, um, you know, across the country with different, different retailers. But I just naturally, for some reason, I always naturally just fell into like those classic running silhouettes. I loved the classic leather. That was my like go-to shoe every single day. Um, classic leather, Club C, um, just like really clean looks, things that you could wear all the time. Probably not as, not as, uh, uh, I don't know. You tell me, maybe not as common in the, in the sneaker world now, I would say, but yeah. Um, but yeah, those two, uh, those two for sure were, were kind of at my top, top of the list. I, I, I think my own, I only, I only bought a couple of, of, um, uh, basketball, um, sneakers and, no, I had a pair of OG question mids with the, uh, with the icy bottom. It was just, those are my favorite, but I never wore them because they were just, I, I, I couldn't pair them with anything. I just didn't have that style, but I loved the shoes. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Some of those are tough, tough to wear, but nice to look at. And, That's right. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah. And, and Reeboks, <laughs> obviously, obviously not the only brand, um, you know, you, you mentioned that you, um, you do some work with New Balance now. Um, so when you when you switch over or when you get a new gig, do, do you have to clear out? I know I know you're not exactly, um, you know, maybe in the role that people would have to do that, but do you switch loyalty completely or is it more of like a casual, more consulting, you can do what yeah. you want type of thing? Yeah, I think there's an unwritten rule that uh, uh, when you work for a brand, you wear the brand. <laughs> yeah, but does that mean you empty out your closet, or it doesn't mean you empty out your closet? No, right. no. But, but everywhere you go, yeah. And New Balance isn't isn't a bad brand to wear. I'm a big fan. That's right. Of New yeah. Balance. When when did lids fit into the picture? Yeah, so I left um, I left Reebok Adidas. Uh, it was towards the end of. 2016 i think it was um and then i joined uh lids and led marketing at lids canada and brand management um for north america back in uh 2018 2018 to 2020 and i spent um i spent a lot of the, my time there kind of adapting a lot of the things i i learned at adidas and reebok to bring it uh, you know, to bring this, the same type of kind of launch mentality, product launch mentality to lids. Um, and, uh, you know, we had some pretty good, we had some pretty good launches. We had some really good collabs. One that sticks out uh, in mind was a, a, a bring back of a starter cap that we did. Um, and we, you know, we really tried to make it kind of something special. Um, and lids is not, not necessarily always known for that type of behavior. They just, you know, they arrange a bunch of products and, um, you go into the store, you look for it and, and you find something you like. Um, so my job was really to, to highlight, you know, specific, specific styles and specific items and, and make them a bigger deal, make and tell a little bit of a story, um, you know, than, than what they were previously doing. Which would I know what that starter hat was? Was it a, was it a, a it was a retro like a yeah, like a so popular they, one? 
yeah, they brought back, oh, geez. And I want to say there was like four or five different, four or five different styles. Um, one was a, one was a really limited edition. They were all snaps, uh, no fitteds, uh, limited edition black with like a, uh, almost like a, uh, uh, like a, a metallic silver logo on the bottom right hand side um like a flawless style logo on the on the on the um the front panel and uh um like almost star like eyelets uh metal eyelets cool. um really like a really short run of product kind of so, you know kind of sold out instantly mm-hmm. um and then uh there was like four four or five other styles of uh, like an all over print bucket hat that they did um a um uh, a two-tone gray black um, uh, mesh back trucker. Uh, they did a, a, a similar fullback black with like a with like a, a golden yellow starter logo on the on the on the front panel. Like really, some really cool stuff. Mm-hmm. You mentioned you know release type mentality. I forgot the we forgot the terminology used, but things we know of well in the sneaker world seems like that's big in the hat world now and mm-hmm. we'll talk about the hat world but that's was that something you were involved with at Reebok Adidas yeah 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 so my team was responsible for partnering with all the various retailers in Canada a lot of the you know the independent fashion retailers that you 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 probably shop from today um to release you know all those uh, all those collabs, all the special launch product. That's what we called it. <laughs> so boutiques in Toronto that we would know, that's right. like a like a livestock or that's right. I'm trying yep. to think of Reebok collabs. I know more about the um, the Adidas ones. Reebok would have been with. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, well, a bunch, right? I mean, so do yeah, you- uh, livestock was was probably livestock's all like they they always had the. Uh, the majority of them. I'm trying to think of the other the other shop uh, down in Toronto. They have another location, Markham. Uh, uh, Soul Stop. No, not Soul Stop. Capsule. Oh yeah, Capsule. Capsule. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Capsule was another one of the uh, right. They the had adventures. a yeah. They had a bunch of collabs. That was the one I was thinking of. I know they yeah. had. They even had uh, Allen Iverson a couple of years ago. And That's right. Like that, right. Yeah. So we did a there... we did a massive um uh uh nba all-star event uh at their shop uh in toronto during all-star we had Shaq there Art iverson came it was a it was a it was a it was a pretty cool jam so you were involved you, you were you were responsible or part of that eh? yeah my team my team was responsible for a lot of the a lot of the setup and the activation partnership with uh with the the athletes um and uh in the retailer right so not just not just the uh crossfit athletes with which which many of us that's right many of us now know now but uh some sort of bigger names was that one of the bigger bigger launches bigger parties type of thing or were there other ones that you remember that would i would i would probably say that was probably one of the more iconic ones during my time there uh and you know i think that the Reebok brand has had a little bit of an identity crisis over the last 20, 30 years, you know, 
Um, I think when they when they went away from um, traditional traditional sports and into fitness, they were always trying to figure out what the what the tagline was, um, what's the symbol for the brand, uh, and you know what's what's that mean to the customer, right? Uh, so they struggled for a few years, and then the 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 fitness angle started to dwindle a little bit, um, and uh, you know the focus on lifestyle became uh, became you know even more important. So I think you know shortly after I left, they signed like Ariana Grande. They sang. They signed. Um, uh, I'm forgetting her name. Uh, you know, a bunch of high level kind of musician type um uh type personalities to help kind of uh you know amplify the brand mm-hmm. um, and as a company we had we had such great success with Kanye and, and Adidas that the, the model itself you know proved itself it worked um you know before uh before uh, Adidas signed Kanye like we couldn't move boost you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a really slow mover, even within the, you know, the running community where, it, where it started, but, you know, you introduce a, a high profile name uh, and uh, you know, things, things kind of started to start to change for that brand. So we kind of leveraged some of that, uh, some of that thinking um, and, and applied it to, to the Reebok brand, but it, you know, I don't think it never really, never really took off, you know, product to, uh, Product is king, and I think it just wasn't as as relevant. There was they had a lot of work to do. You mentioned fitness. Were other sort of mainstream sports involved? I know basketball was it, it wasn't an NBA sponsor. It's kind of like you mentioned going out of that. But if I recall, was it hockey or that's or right? Yeah, yeah. So the that? N the NHL was um, one of our licensees. The the NHL like the hockey brand of Reebok always operated a little bit separate from um, apparel and, and footwear. Um, but we often partnered on things like campaigns and, and, and communications. So like uh, Sidney Crosby was, was featured in a lot of our training product that, that, um, that we sold for many years as a, you know, an, a Reebok NHL athlete. Um, you know, we had access to people like that, but the, the two businesses kind of ran, ran, you know, independently of each other. Mm-hmm. You know, being in marketing, I wonder what your view of the fitted market or maybe the hat market, but more specifically, I'm interested in the fitted market when you went to mm-hmm. lids, because yeah. I know in the States, it's much bigger. And I don't want to say it's just taking off in Canada, but I think it's fair to say it's blowing up in Canada and it's yeah. probably blowing up in the States too, but it's, it's, it's different, at least from what I think. So what did you see when you got there? So I think like my time at Lids, um, like to give you some context, um, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a publicly owned company when I joined, um, you know, there, the, the ownership group was very, um, you can call it liberal, you know, they, they let the, the, the folks in their roles kind of, kind of, you know, lead their teams and, and do what's do what's right for their, for their business. And, you know, in Canada, we kind of had carte blanche to do whatever we want. Um, so I really, I, you know, I joined that team to help them, 
um, build the lids brand, do more creative uh, content, um, uh, you know, better photography, and better, better overall, um, you know, uh, better overall just presence in, in the Canadian market. Um, but one of the things I always struggled with with that company, and even to the to when they were sold back in uh, January of of uh, 2019 was uh they they just this you know they just didn't really believe a lot in social media and um for many years in all my jobs i always i always thought like you know social media is the next major communication channel and we have to we have to be promoting as much product as we can and through those channels and um, i saw it was a huge opportunity for lids and they just never really never really kind of jumped on that bandwagon and even still today i think lids in the u.s does some really great hats um but if you're not following hat crawler uh you're you may not see them <laughs> you may not ever just you know you just may not you may not find them yeah you gotta be combing the website and that's or, right or just following someone someone like jason and just uh and and doing it that way a lot easier and um but uh yeah, yeah i know I've, I've searched the sites and sometimes things just pop up and you know there's no promotion yeah. of it and you feel lucky and things like that so when you talked about the freedom before before the company sort of changed hands what did that mean it, it meant you know campaigns and things like that i mean yep. that's right yeah so we spent a lot of time building individual campaigns for for you know quote unquote call it launch product or stuff that we were we were developing stories for, as well as as you know just collections of product like, um, uh, uh, you know like the the new era on field collection, the authentic collection. You know every year we did a very big campaign to launch it before uh, before the season starts. So we were really investing in a lot of that stuff, and we were trying to tell more Canadian stories. That was that was our big differentiator. Um, the company changed hands and uh, I know it was a private equity, uh, private equity company bought it. And, um, you know, the, a lot of things happen when, when uh, new ownership comes in, they, they kept it pretty, pretty lean and, you know, spent, spent the money in different places and, and uh, uh, you know, they just preferred uh, doing paid advertising versus a lot of the organic and the, the content building. So, uh, uh, when I left, I'm like, there was, I just, I just believed that there was a bigger opportunity, um, by, by building a brand or building us a, a business using, using social media. And, um, I, I have to thank, you know, the, the pandemic because during that time I was, uh, I was off work and, um, that's when I, I used the opportunity to, to start Anthem. Um, you know, I worked with some of my contacts in the industry and, uh, and I was able to, to start the business in July of, uh, 2020. Right. And before we talk about Anthem, some other things were happening in your personal life, because I know you have a two-year-old, That's so right. that must've been, you must've had pretty young baby at that time. And of course, yeah. uh, you have another uh, another kid too, so you're starting a business with a baby in the house, yeah. and is that what I'm picturing? Yeah, so, so if you can imagine, if you can imagine this, like, um, we had just sold my condo, 
my son was born October eighth, uh, twenty nineteen. Uh, moved in with my father in law. We've all moved in with my father in law to save save some money. Uh, left Lids, you know, in in uh, in February of that of the next year. You know, we go into lockdown like four weeks later, I guess it was. Um, you know, and at that point, at that point, we're all in the house. <laughs> Uh, my son's you know, only a few months old. My stepdaughter's, you know, three going on 15. Um, it's just pandemonium in the house. But, you know, I think, thankfully, my fiance has been uh, very supportive. And, you know, obviously, our family's been very supportive. And uh, I, used, I used that time to, to, to start building the business. Very cool. Very cool. Wait, when you talked about your experience at Lids and then starting Anthem, obviously you learned you learned a lot and you have to keep an eye on the big players and, and what they're doing. But is it different now with so many smaller players like yourself and bigger players, but bigger mm -hmm. independent players like yeah. the hat clubs of the world? I mean, it's hard to keep up, but do you, do you have to keep your eye on the big guys? To some degree you do. Like, I mean, from a, from a, you know, competitive perspective, like the big guys are the big guys. They're always going to eat you up in volume. Uh, and until you can get, until you can get to that point, if you can get to that point, it's always going to be a volume game with those guys. But what I love about this, this industry and how new era has, um, has built, uh, built the industry, I would say is uh, everything is, everything is about customization uh, and everything is about the story. And from my perspective, it's like whoever tells the best story wins. Um, when I look at some of the work that my fitteds has done, um, I, like they're they're an inspiration to me. Um, the The stories that they come up with, and and uh, you know the 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 photography and, you know, is is always you know super strong. Um, they do some really good work. Uh, you know, I think the other guys in Toronto still, they, they do some awesome work. Um, you know, uh, you know, just, just the creativity is, is endless when it comes to designing hats. And I think that's what sets most retailers apart. And, and the ones that lack creativity are there are usually the ones that, uh, uh, that may or may, may not succeed. And when you talk to about creativity and other shops, I don't know how much you want to talk about this, so feel free to 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 cut it short. But you know, there's and maybe you could explain the dynamic that when someone makes a hat, it's actually do I understand this correctly? It goes into the new era sort of archive and anyone can remake it again, even as is, and maybe less on that. I'm not that important. In, interested in in hearing about the competitive and the maybe some of the competition people don't like what others are doing but mm -hmm. the idea of inspiration and finding finding your own idea from someone else's because you know that happens in sneakers that happens yeah. in, in everything right yeah it's a, it's kind of an interesting process that they have so you can you can design a hat and it'll go into their um, you know, their, their bank of, um, 
of, uh, of styles, I guess you could say, if you want to call them that. Um, there isn't, to my knowledge, there isn't a way, there isn't a particular way to search for, call it a competitor's style or a competitor's um, uh, design. Um, I think some of the sales guys there know how to, you know, pull a report of, you know, what's the newest styles that have been created in a certain team. And you can, you can kind of pick and choose from that way, but it's not, it's not the easiest process. And I think we've seen over the last, you know, the last couple of years is, is, um, you know, some, uh, some shops will, will, you know, uh, adapt a similar style, <laughs> you know, and yeah. launch it in a different market. Um, but the consumer knows it, you know, and they see it. And, uh, you know, obviously it gets talked about a lot between the, the shops. It gets talked a lot about, you know, on, on some of the blogs and vlogs. Um, and uh, 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 I don't think, uh, I don't think New Era is going to put a stop to it, but um, you know, the, the consumer knows they know where they know where the originals came from and, and uh, um, you know, it kind of, it kind of ends there. Right. Yeah. So, so more interesting, I think, than instead of getting into that whole issue is your design and your design mm -hmm. process. And maybe we could start with those, those recent um, hip hop icons pack, because that is one pack that's quite clear where you got the inspiration, right? Can mm -hmm. you talk about those? And then maybe we'll talk about some that you, you had to sort of more pull out of thin air if that's the right term yeah 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 i mean i think the uh the uh the hip-hop rap icons pack was pretty uh it was pretty clear where i got them from right i think in that case it was it was like the inspiration was um was 90s hip-hop and i've always been a i was I've always been a Pac fan um i've always been a, a nas fan probably not as much nelly and and chance, but um, the goal was to create a, a good collection of, of, of um, you know, uniquely designed hats um, that align to, you know, an artist's story, right, that were recognizable. Uh, and I, I realized that no one had ever done that. Um, and, you know, for me, I thought it was a competitive advantage. And I thought it was cool, like the hat, all the all four hats came out really good. Um, and I'm not sure how much you know about the newer design process, uh, but you know we don't get samples of anything. So you design it on a, you know, basically like a 2D CAD. You see a, um, you know, a color uh, line drawing, and it's it's a little bit of like you you know you're you're kind of rolling the dice to make sure it comes out um, the way you like it. So um and after you know after designing so many hats over the last uh, couple of years you, you kind of get to know what colors and threads and um you know and styles kind of fit together but uh, the goal is really just to put together a nice four pack of of, of fitteds that uh you know align to kind of an era that uh, an era of music that resonated with me i just i've always loved 90s hip-hop um it's honestly it's my go-to for everything uh, i don't listen to a lot of like contemporary hip-hop i don't listen to a lot of new music i i'm that's my oldies <laughs> much the same and um i've been showing my son some hats and i've been buying him hats when uh, i really love one i'll buy him one and 
as well. And I um, I managed to grab the Hat Club candy pack and his initials are CR. So it's CR. He says, oh, that's Colorado. I said, no, it's you. It's you. <laughs> and then I showed him the chocolate bar and he was really hyped after that. Um, but back to your hats, because you talked about that. And, you know, if anyone checks the Instagram or, or who doesn't, who doesn't already buy from buy from Anthem, they can see exactly what you're talking about the inspiration. But then there are hats that you have to find the inspiration yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That's right. Yeah, and that's that's always a little bit tough, um, you know. And I think I think one of the the key learnings that I took with me throughout my career. Um, you know, from Adidas and Reebok was that that ability to tell a, a story through a product um, or, or inspire the creation of, of a product through, through a story. And, you know, that story can take on, um, you know, it can take on a thousand different ideas. Um, and I think that's what I love about this industry is just there's there's really no limit to what the idea can be or what your inspiration is. So sometimes coming up with the inspiration is a little bit is a little bit challenging. And I won't lie, sometimes the inspiration comes before the design. And sometimes the inspiration, you know, comes after the design. Um, to give you an example, like uh, the uh, one of the last collections I think was very popular. Um, for us was the the bass pro the bass pro shops collection right um you know and you could you could see that it was um you know a, a clear clear inspiration from the you know traditional bass pro uh trucker hat but um you know for me which and i probably don't get into a lot of this storytelling but for me it was i know it's an iconic hat in canada i know people are wearing a bass pro hat you know i know it's a it's a fashion it's a fashion hat uh, with you know younger younger consumers um but for me there's there's been a little bit of a nostalgia with bass pro because i enjoy fishing <laughs> so yeah. so there was a little bit of a like a fashion uh, connection there but also the fact that i just love the outdoors uh, so that was the lo a little bit of the inspiration for that one yeah. And obviously the storytelling is fun from your perspective. It's, it yeah. makes life a lot interesting, makes my life a lot easier probably, or at times. But I wonder if you think the storytelling is becoming a more important factor now as, you know, the popularity of hats and yeah. people buying them is we're moving along, right? That's right. Yeah. I think people want to, uh, People want want to align to a story, right? They want to know that it's it's more meaningful to them than just just a hat or or even just a pair of shoes, right? So I think the story is becoming becoming really really important. Um, and I think there's some uh, you know there's some guys out there that do it really well. You know, I, I think there's some of the bigger guys that you know again they have the tendency of just kind of dropping a, a ton of a ton of hats at once. Um, and, and the story isn't really as clear, but I, I do think, and I would love the opportunity to, to do more, more of that in the future. Yep. You definitely, um, are getting 
hopefully the recognition you deserve. I, th I think you are from what I hear, and I definitely uh, like what you're doing, although I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm far from an expert. You know, I mentioned that I buy a lot of your hats, and I know people buy way more than me, but I'm, I'm getting or I've gotten quite serious, maybe in the past two years. And um, you mentioned some other Canadian shops, and I'm wondering what you think of the Canadian scene as a whole, because yeah. we're not really you know there's there's no brick and mortar really other than mm -hmm. lids and, and you know independent sort of mom and pops i think correct me if i'm wrong but none of the newer players mostly online i understand the um i understand the logic behind that we've also been um stuck with covid yeah but can you talk a little bit about the the canadian scene and how you know not only have people like you um you know, emerged and, and doing big things and getting recognition, you know, around the around the community outside of Canada, particularly, but also um, the people who are buying the hats. Yeah. Um, you know, I think the, the Canadian market is, is uh, at this point, I think it's, it's been untapped for a really, really long time. Um, when, uh, when I left Lids, the e-com business was uh, essentially uh, partnered with fanatics uh, and you've probably seen that if you if you go on their website it's basically a uh, it's a template right it's a similar it's a similar experience um, but one of the things that uh, one of the things that um, uh, that happened when they did that transition at lids a lot of the a lot of the great product that we used to carry in both Canada and the U.S. Um, was cut off because in the old lids the the distribution um, the distribution was managed out of uh, various various warehouses and they shared the inventory in Canada and the U.S. So if you wanted a, like a an NCAA hat. Uh, like a snapback NCAA hat of like a random team in the US, you could buy it and they would ship it to your store from the distribution center in, in uh, Indianapolis. Um, so when they, when they cut off the, 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 the new website from the old distribution service, Canadians were left with the, essentially the same inventory that you could buy from Fanatics. And um, the most challenging part of my job when I was there was, you know, as a, as a, uh, you know, a leader of the marketing team and obviously, um, you know, managing various social handles was just the customer feedback was, was absolutely brutal. You know, um, customers felt like we had abandoned them because they couldn't get the selection that they once had. Uh, and that's to some degree, it's still the case. Um, so when I, when I, when I started Anthem, my goal was like, my goal was basically to do good, clean custom hats and just to have as much newness as possible so that those customers can get, get the product that they were always looking for and then just have fantastic customer service. And then like, you know, I, I'm, my fiance kills me, but you know, I'm, I'm on my phone all the time, just replying to every single comment, every single message, 
um, just to make sure that, you know, my customers are, are getting like the best service possible. And I think that's, that's, you know, that's been a, a really strong point for Anthem um, by, you know, filling a little bit of that gap in the Canadian market that kind of existed, but went away really quickly when, uh, when lids kind of transitioned to a new model. Absolutely. And, and my experience and from what I hear in, in my circles, um, you definitely, you definitely are, are on point there. I wanted to talk a little bit about the customers because it sounds, you know, from my experience and from what I've heard, you know, it's been a little bit more, maybe grassroots is the way to say it. There's, there's uh, team Anthem and there's, you know, mailing lists and things. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, everything I think we do is, is, uh, is grassroots. Um, you know, I, we obviously put a lot of emphasis on, a, on social media, you know, we always try to have, um, like I said, great stories, great product photography. Um, you know, we, we, we definitely try to be as, as, uh, um, as contemporary as we, as we can with some of the things that we post. Um, so that's that's obviously been a good thing for us. Team Anthem is is kind of like uh, the the founding fathers of my business. So you know, my 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 top Canadian customers, I you know I bring them bring them together, and uh, you know when when we can, we engage them with ideas, and, um, you know, in conversation about product, and 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 obviously just trying to give them a little bit of a uh, you know, an edge because of, because of the support from day one. Absolutely. On the not so fun side, you talked a little bit about your shipping and transportation and storage and things like that at Lids, but I imagine the last 18 months, two years hasn't been too much fun in terms of waiting for product, getting product. You know, I've, I've had, I've had, uh, still on and he told us, you know, sometimes uh, you don't know what you're getting <laughs> yeah it's been uh it's been tough um um i mean i i would say thankfully um the good side of it is, is it's given me some time to think about uh how to how to you know merchandise the product the right way um and market it the right way um because i don't have shipments coming in uh regularly the, the challenge is obviously, you know, it's, it's kind of tough to keep the lights on, um, in, in this type of, uh, this type of world, but it's, it's happening everywhere, right? Like, um, it's not just new era. It's, it's a lot of brands. Um, I think, I think when, uh, you know, when the dust settles in the new year, I think we're going to see a lot of, uh, empty shelves or we're, we're going to see, uh, fewer products on the wall because the uh, the manufacturers just can't they can't produce it fast enough. The demand is huge, um, but the uh, the supply chain is just a disaster everywhere. Uh, and I'm sure you heard like it's already been it's already been tough in in um, uh, you know in LA with you know shipping uh, shipping boats and hundreds of thousands of containers just you know, waiting to be offloaded. Um, and then in, you know, in Canada, in, um, in, uh, in BC, we've, you know, we had massive floods, which have essentially, you know, shut down the entire area, which has, you know, caused even more delays. 
so it's it's kind of like a compounding problem and and i don't know that we we have like really clear visibility to when it's going to end yeah and then of course you mentioned that the demand has surged which you can't do much about uh, fulfilling demand current demand with with orders that you placed months ago but i'm right. curious if you ever expected the demand that you're getting that you're seeing and was it based on what was happening in the u.s yeah you know i think it's interesting because you know uh when i think back to um I'll, let me think back to like June because we really kicked off in July and I think it was around that time, um, you know, uh, most of the world was at home. Most of the world was, you know, um, stuck on their phones all day. And I think that kind of created a perfect storm for, for people, for collectors to start looking outside of their like their typical uh, typical retail to see what else they can get their hands on, um, and I think there was just you know from a from a, a lifestyle and a cultural perspective, um, you know, fitted hats were were kind of on the rise at you know the beginning of that year, um, and it's you know we you know gentlemen just like yourself like. It's, a, it's kind of a little bit easier to get into. There's less of a financial commitment than sneakers. Um, and it's also kind of like the next thing, right? It's, and it's a good addition to your collection, right? So I think that created a perfect storm of just like just crazy demand in North America in particular. Um, and that's, you know, that's a great thing for New Era. It's great for all the shops in North America um it's a little tough for the customer because there's only so many hats to go around yeah absolutely since you brought it up i am probably going to get my wife back on again one day she was on she was on a popular episode we talked about my habits and things like that it was <laughs> mostly positive but i have to mention because you know i mentioned I, I talked about me getting more into it and you just you just mentioned it again and i was you know i had i had fitted i had lots of snapbacks probably 50 60 scattered around you know i made my own new era so i had you know, I got doubles of each color for me, and yeah. then I did my own customs and things. But they were always sort of scattered around. Some were in storage, some were in my closet, some were in my sneaker room, somewhere. And then, of course, as I got more serious in the last two years, I had to have a place. So now I have a proper storage rack <laughs> just for the hats, and they're all together in one place. And she hadn't been down in my cave <laughs> in over a year for some reason. Like we had, you know, there's no reason for her to come down here. Where the, yeah. the really only time she comes down is when we have guests over and someone, you know, wants to see the collection and then they come <laughs> and then, you know, that's not happening. So she has no reason to come down here. I record and she texts me if she needs me while I'm recording my podcast. And I just come here with my son or, or kind of get, get peace. And she was shocked. I, I didn't get shit or anything because she sees the boxes coming in. So, but to see it in one place, uh, you know, it was, it, it was, it was a shock to her, but I have to ask because we talk about sneakers and you obviously have a, a a background in sneakers and you know some of the collections are obviously tied to sneakers i don't know how closely yeah. they are for you and is that just a natural 
natural thing. I, I think I think I know the answer to it, but I wonder I wonder how much you pay attention to um, or just see a connection with sneakers and fitteds. Yeah, and I think you know I think that connection was there, you know when when fitteds were hot the first time in in the late eighties and nineties. You know, I think, uh, or I should say baseball caps and just in general, you know, I think the connection is there. Now, me personally, um, you know, I'll just, I'll hook up a cap to whatever I'm wearing. Um, but I don't, nece- I won't necessarily like buy a pair of shoes knowing that I'm going to buy a hat. That's going to be, you know, something to pair with it. And actually from a storage perspective, I'm like, my situation sucks. Um, like, I want to hear about it. <laughs> when I always I, when, ask about the storage situation. Oh when I moved, so I don't, I don't know how many years ago it was, I was living in a, a 700 square foot condo. This was at the peak of my employment at Adidas and Reebok. And it's where I must have had like, I don't know, somewhere close to like a couple hundred pair of shoes. Um, and I got rid of a lot of them, actually. I donated a lot of them. Um, but I remember leaving when I moved, I had to put everything on skids, um, because I just hadn't, hadn't any place for it. It was like, it was like boxes on top of boxes, um, shrink wrapped in storage for years. So this, this like storage unit, I should say, but storage was always a problem for me because I've always lived in small spaces. (laughs) So I want to ask what the sort of setup is now, but I forgot to ask about the u.s consumer mm-hmm. i don't know did it start off as mostly canadians your sort of ogs and are you seeing more orders from americans and abroad yeah i mean i think um you know i think the like if i were to look at my customer base the majority of them are canadian i have a small number of of uh u.s customers and i've deliberately I've deliberately started, as you you know, you know, I started this kind of early access, um, <clears throat> this early access program in a way to <clears throat> to um, get the real, the real, um, um, the real interested buyers into my database, and you know, get you know, kind of weed out some of the bots and, and the resellers. Um, you know, as you know, it's it's. Uh, uh, it, you know, in this type of, this type of sector, it's just like right now, everyone wants to get their hands on something. And, you know, when the, when the trend starts to die, I want to make sure that I, I still take care of my top customers. And that's been kind of my way, my way to do it. Right. Um, is by giving people, you know, a little bit of an early access for signing up, uh, as a, almost like a reward, I guess you could say. Yeah. I'm always, amazed and and maybe i shouldn't be but that sneaker people that i talk to that don't know much about hats not that i know that much but don't know anything and are total totally not into hats are surprised that bots are in hats but that's simply because there's huge demand there's money to be made and all you have to do is do an ebay search and see how much some of these hats are, are going for so so you encounter them and you have to fight them Oh yeah, it's it's an ongoing problem. So in uh, it was June of this year, I launched uh, uh, the Breakaway Pack, and it was NHL inspired collection of NHL inspired hats. Probably one of the biggest collections I dropped this year. I want to say it was like, oh my god, it was like six or seven hats. Um, 
And uh, uh, that was probably my worst experience with bots because the interest in that collection was so high. Um, we had probably, oh, I want to say like over a thousand users on my old website, my old shop, uh, and it crashed. And when it crashed, it crashed hard for hours. Um, so to me, that was like a sign that, Hey, it's great to have a lot of traffic. It's, it's great to have a lot of, you know, people interested in your product. Um, but it could also be like a, it, you know, it could also be kind of like a really dangerous thing, right? I'm really protective over like customer experience. I want my customers to be able to get hats. I want them. I want the process to be easy. Uh, I want it to be fulfilled as quickly as possible. I want them to have the best customer service when they, when they email, text, um, send a DM. And when I went through that experience and my site crashed for the entire day, um, it was it was just a, it was a nightmare from a customer service perspective, and it was because of the bots. Um, uh, and so, so for me, after, you know, after that, I, I, um, you know, I, I, I ported my my website over to a, you know, a brand new, uh, uh, you know, brand new service. Um, while I don't have you know a, a a paid bot protection, I do have all of these kind of checks and balances in place to to make sure that my, my shop is protected, but also so that my, my customers have the best, the best chance of, of, um, you know, getting product. Oh, very cool. I've certainly had great experiences and I don't know how much you can share. I know, um, you know, future product is pretty closely held, but you have done some football product and things like Mm -hmm. that. So I'm wondering if you could share, if we can expect more, things like that more Mm -hmm. again i don't want you to spill the beans on anything yeah yeah. if there's anything you want to you want to share that that people can look out for or more of the same if you said more of the same i'd be pretty happy (laughs) yeah i think you know utopia for me would be i would love to get to a place um you know and this is obviously completely dependent on on the uh the the supply chain getting better um, but an MLB is my number one category. I want to do more MLB. I think customers are looking for new innovative designs and not just like color ups and threads and things like that, but they're looking for, um, you know, uh, new and innovative storytelling and embroidery things they haven't seen before. So I think that's where that's one area that we're going to, you know, we're going to focus on, um, when things get better. Um, we dropped a small test. CFL uh, pack. Um, I would say the majority of it sold out within you know the first thirty minutes or so. Um, that was really really well received. Um, I think we were the first shop in Canada to do like a, a gray cup uh, side patch. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so that was that was kind of innovative for us. So I think there's a lot of opportunity in Canada with CFL and and doing. Um, you know, kind of era specific side patches, uh, but also getting into some of some of the more custom custom colors and um, you know embroidery. Um, NFL for me, I tried it last year. Um, you know, arguably my business was in a different place. Um, it was a cool small collection. I think we did the we did the Giants. We did a retro Giants logo. We did the Cowboys. 
we did uh, the Bears, and I think I'm missing one off the top of my head that I can't remember. But um, it did okay. It was uh, I expected NFL to to be a, a uh, you know a bigger uh, a bigger story in Canada and even the U.S. But uh, we'll probably revisit it at some point. Um, NFL is a little bit a little bit uh, uh, harder to work with when it comes to customizing caps uh with with different colors they like to keep um kind of primary colors on their logos you can't really deviate from a lot of that so uh the customize customization is a little bit uh, more challenging with nfl and i don't know if that's changed since i last did hats with them but um so that would be one i'd I'd like to bring back some more nfl hats um you obviously may have seen that uh we do our own branded stuff um Mm -hmm. we you know, kind of out of the gate last year, we started to do our own anthem hats. Uh, so you're going to start to see some more anthem hats, you know, come out. Um, we're going to do some kind of creative interpretations of our logo uh, in the next few months, uh, starting pretty small, but we're, we're going to just drop some really clean um, classic colors um, with, like I said, like a diff- different interpretations of, <clears throat> of the anthem logo. Uh, so you can expect that, but ML, MLB is kind of the MLB is going to be the, uh, the number one category for sure. Yeah, that's some exciting stuff, and and thanks for sharing. You mentioned a little bit about having an overwhelming amount of sneakers. I'm getting the impression your hats and your sneakers. Correct me if I'm wrong. You got it under control. Do you have a spot? Do you? Or 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 not? You run um, a business that you you run a business yeah. that involves a lot of order. So I'm guessing that you know your your room doesn't look scattered with t-shirts like like mine is right now. <laughs> my uh, my so a lot of my a lot of my shoes are packed in boxes in storage still. <laughs> so um they don't they don't get a lot on the rotation as much as i used to right now and especially since i work from home uh i don't i don't get out i don't don't get out that much but um but yeah so on the hat side of things um things are uh are pretty tidy um you know obviously i have i have um boxes and boxes and cartons coming in of hats kind of on the regular basis and uh thankfully um, having a surplus of those boxes keep everything kind of nice and tidy. Mm-hmm. But what about your personal collection? Is it is it huge? Is it just sort of under control? And and where do you keep it? Yeah, so I mean, I have a I have like a personal collection of like all my old hats in my closet. It's not under control whatsoever. It's like a pile. Um, but all my all my all the hats that I've created um with anthem the ones that i've kept are all uh they're all um kind of packed away in the in the warehouse with uh with the product kind of nicely (laughs) yeah i was gonna ask you must sort of want to keep a archive so to speak and and i know in even in the sneaker market sometimes people uh stash away hats for future you know surprise things i won't ask you if you do that but as far as your future you, you try to keep like a personal of, of most of what you wear and keep it in this sort of safe place. It's sort of your, your library. Yeah. You know, I've kept a few of them. I think from the early, um, 
uh, from the early days, I was so excited just to get things moving that I didn't keep them. The good thing is about new eras, your, your style code never, uh, never gets old. So you can always order the exact same, uh, the exact same product that you created years ago and it'll, it'll come out exactly the same. Yes, I've heard that, and you you talked about that that earlier. So, given that most of your sneakers are packed up, your hats sound like they're they're either in a closet or <laughs> in 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 the in your facility. Uh, does that mean the fiance is pretty happy with your sort of collections, or is there something that you collect that we don't know about? Yeah, no, I think she's okay with it, um, <laughs> and quite frankly, she's she's more of a sneaker head than i am i think at times i was gonna um, ask is she into i mean lots of women are into fitteds but sneakers are a little more mainstream than female community i think right yeah she's definitely into sneakers and shoes lots and lots <laughs> and bags lots of bags lots of purses <laughs> yeah yeah uh and that i I've, I've heard that and sneakers of course uh, i know that one well what about you know obviously your your young son doesn't uh isn't paying attention yet although no. i'm sure i'm sure um one day you'll you'll make fitted hats in a smaller size or <laughs> or inquire about it but um uh what about um what about a five-year-old five-year-old is is the girl yeah, so my my two year old, believe it or not, um, you know, kind of since day one, he was he he kind of was handed all the stuff to him. So um, day one, he had a a, a Jays fitted. Oh. He had a he had a Yankees fitted, like team color. Um, you know, they still fit him, which is great. Uh, <laughs> he has a few more years until they won't fit him, but you know, he's had fitteds from day one uh he had you know jordan jordan ones the you know the infant version day mm-hmm. one he had a pair of uh vans old schools day one like this the he, he's you know he doesn't understand it yet but um you know he's had he's had the he's had the hookup from the beginning he uh he's a funny guy he loved he's in the stage now where he just you know, he's, he's two year old. All he wants to do is play and run. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, every day he asks to put his running shoes on his, his sneakers and just wear them in the house. He's got a pair of Nikes, the black Nikes that he just loves to run. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Little ones do know how to wear their sneakers and, yeah. and, and have no shame in, uh, in, uh, in getting them dirty and all that. What, what about, what about the, the, the five-year-old does she at all pay attention or no she's not she's not uh she's not overly into it okay so i was i was gonna say i was i was expecting you to say that she's into sneakers too and then then your fiance and then the little man and then you got the then you got the the new balance the the five seven fours and you're maybe they're they're showing showing you up but it sounds like uh, (laughs) maybe she's in the low key low key like you she's definitely like she's definitely low key uh no my five-year-old is she's a she's a ball of energy um she has uh she she's not into the the culture of it yet but she's got oh my god she got tons of shoes <laughs> yeah yeah whether she likes it or not right? yeah they're not that's right <laughs> yeah my daughter is much the same i remember as a kid like friday nights we would we would go to the community center to play basketball with our buddies parents would drop us off and we'd we'd 
we'd play basketball for a couple hours. And the two things that people wore were Jordans and snapbacks, high crown snapbacks. And it's just so interesting to see like that, that style really has not gone away. Um, You know, some of the, the, the fashion style, the clothing is, has changed, you know, and some styles have come back, but the, like headwear and footwear has not changed. And so it's just interesting to see how it's like, it's almost like timeless. I agree. And I, you know, I feel the same way. And, and that's why I got, you know, obviously the popularity and seeing things and a little bit of sneaker fatigue and, you know, my collecting uh, (laughs) instinct had it. But like you said, like, I remember, you know, favorite hats for back in the day, I still look for them, I still have some, you know, I, I was into um, mostly snapbacks, but um, even if you hit it, if it is back in the day, before I even got serious about sneakers, and, and I wasn't that serious into hats, but I sure cared more yeah. about them than I did my sneakers, partially because they were cheaper. And, uh, and that's obviously a, a dynamic that, uh, you know, in the access to them and things we didn't talk about, but, um, and, um, you know, maybe that is something before I let you go um, to talk about because we talked about bots and um, obviously the sneaker market has been dealing that with that for for a long, long time. time but I wonder if you think the accessibility um, even in some cases the volume of hats available you know obviously sizing is an issue in fitteds and sizing is an issue in sneakers but the price and the availability at times when maybe you're not always fighting the bots when sneakers it feels like it always is do you think that's getting more people into it now um yeah it's interesting because i struggle with this all the time and i feel like um to some degree the bot is just a newer younger consumer and there's a lot of them and they're rabid uh, you know, they're, they're, they're the pinnacle consumer. They want it right now and they want it as quickly as possible. Um, do I think, um, you know, it, it's grown a hundred percent, you know, and, and I think I, I seriously have to give a shout out to, uh, Jason at Hatcrawler and even the, the guy, you know, the guys from the views from the vault, um, who've, who've kind of like, you know, I'll say they own that territory from a content perspective in the U.S. and and possibly you know North American wide and in in many you know, in European countries as well. I think they have a strong footprint there, but they have uh, you know they've really you know shined the light on on the fitted community. And there's a lot of people tuning into the stuff that they're doing as well. Um, and I think it just speaks volumes to how many new consumers are just jumping in on this, on the trend. Right. Um, so it's, it really has exploded. And I think the, um, you know, e-commerce and just, just the avail the, the ease of purchasing in a, in a world where you can't always go shopping in a store, um, has, uh, you know, has made that, um, you know, has made that grow a lot. And, uh, you know, obviously social media has, has been, has kind of been the, the, the catalyst for it. Mm-hmm. And when you talk about them and you talk about other people in the community, it's certainly, um, you know, as I've 
dove deeper into it. I certainly have had um, very positive experience. I don't want to say it's better or worse than the sneaker community because there's, you know, there's people looking out for themselves and not others in both and there's mm -hmm. thoughts in both and, and there's competition in both, but I, I really have a positive experience and, 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 uh, appreciate those guys. And of course, appreciate what you do. And, uh, you know, not only in terms of product, but, uh, in terms of the other things you mentioned. And, uh, of course, uh, appreciate you coming on the podcast. It was great to hear you talk about you know your sneaker experience and your hats and tell your story because uh, i know a lot of people want to hear it and your perspective is uh was very welcome so i can't thank you enough yeah well thank you thank you for having me on and um and i appreciate uh, i appreciate your business i thank you for that every day Big thanks to Dan for coming on the podcast and sharing his perspective and expertise. You can find him at anthemshop.ca. You can find me at Heads Ain't Ready. Sneaker Dads is on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as at sneakerdads.com. We'll be back with another episode next week. Thanks for listening. Later.